Marx is really be out here and be like, it all comes back to dialectical materialism. Mm, how about you dialect some material into some bitches? So, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on right now. It's been a bit of a busy news week, which perfectly lines up with both of us being fairly busy with school, mm -hmm. which is lovely. We love it when the world does that. But, um, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a, we have a lot to get through. You know, we got far-right militias and the war on posting and Israel and Iran are back at it again. Um, and, you know, I'll try and refrain from making any 9-11 jokes with regards to Afghanistan. Um, so I think, um, I mean, to start off, um, we left you guys last week with, I don't know, maybe... I wouldn't call it necessarily fluff, but definitely some a sort of less serious episode, sort of less world affairs and more just like, oh, hey, wouldn't this be funny? Um, because, I, you know, I do think that Caitlyn Jenner um, winning the governorship of California would be hilarious. That would rock. That'd be so good. And according to the Chris, the, the Chrisman historical laws, the funniest outcome is the one that always happens. I thought so. it was Biederman. It doesn't really matter, but no, you're right. Um... But one thing that was happening while we were recording last week that we didn't really touch on, mostly because we didn't want to, you know, speak too soon, the voting on resolutions and stuff hadn't gone through yet. So we are now going to go over just some of the uh, the resolutions that were passed and voted on by delegates in the NDP convention that happened last week. Um, so to start us off, unsurprisingly the um the resolution where is it here opposing the international holocaust remembrance alliance definition of anti-semitism there there's a sort of scoring system that the ndp used in order to show like how popular they were so if it was highest priority in the it was sort of a ranked choice rank your top 10 resolutions in each of the seven policy sections and, you know, you get 10 points if the resolution is number one and it goes down. Anyway, so some of the most popular, I think we can just kind of knock out of the way here. The most popular was the adoption and implementation of calls for justice from the final report of the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. That's so, um, yeah, very to the point title. I mean, we don't really have to discuss what that's all about. It's just... Hey, remember, hey, Trudeau government, remember that report that you guys commissioned and said, that, you know, oh, we're we're doing truth and reconciliation by doing this? Please do. They're not actually implementing anything. And so, you know, the most popular resolution at the NDP convention was unsurprisingly, hey, liberals, please do something. Um, it's like the guy with the stick poking. Come on. Yeah. Do something. And then we have clean water in indigenous communities, which I believe was second, which again, pretty straightforward. I don't, it's a very, I think that's a very hard thing to argue against. Yeah. You know, I would be, you know, um, and I think the ensuring the wealthy pay their share resolution oh, was God, also very that. popular. Yeah. That's that, that framing of it is so cool. Like I, sure bezos is like you know sucking untold billions out of all out of like the world but the problem isn't him not paying his share right like there's a reason why amazon and all those fucking demonic corporations like google are supporting 
the uh, the tax code, at least in the U.S., and that's because they know how not to pay their taxes. Yeah. They pay people millions so that they don't have to pay people billions in taxes. It's not like they're not... It's not like they're breaking the law. Mm-hmm. It's also really cool that the highest we can shoot for is um, a federally mandated $15 minimum wage and adequate Canada workers benefit. Which is, I by the way, less than, a, if you're American, less than a $15 minimum wage over there. They're really shooting the moon when it comes to their uh, their party resolutions. Mm-hmm. When we Granted, are we do have more social safety nets, though, than America, but like it's still, yeah. we should still have a higher minimum wage. And then, you know, there's a couple interesting ones. There's one that was fairly popular is um, protecting workers in the gig economy. Mm. So at least, you know, as we slip more into a neoliberal hellhole, it at least will not become to the degree that Prop 22 has turned California into. And that the U.S. seems intent to follow them off the cliff of creating some sort of, like, delivery person class. (laughs) that barely gets to hang on like we're bringing we're pretty much bringing back peasant labor yeah yeah um, actually that's a, that's a good way to think about it i hate you know, leftists can... who use neo-feudalist to de- describe everything but like that is kind of neo-feudalist if you think about it mm-hmm. and there it's also very fun to go through um like the the resolutions that didn't actually make the top 10 list mm-hmm. or like the top 20 that's on here because there's one i think that um one of the least popular ones that still made it onto this list in the strengthening human rights and the Canadian identity is um, addressing online hate and abuse, which means that my right to uh, send pictures of pigs shitting on their own balls at people who I disagree oh, with online will be protected for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so you do that really because nice. you're just like overall a more aggressive person than I am. What I do, by the way, dear listener, if you hear anything... My cat was lonely, so he's recording with me. That's not me doing anything weird. That's just my cat. Anyways, um, you're a more aggressive person than me, so you send stuff like that. I just go back to, like... I just go back to their very first tweets and, uh, like, ratio them on their tweets with, like, one or two likes. I just witnessed Declan drinking out of, like, those it's a big... Five, it's a four-liter jug of water. Yeah. That they gave to us when we got isolated in here, and so I I guess I never finished it because I just found it again in my fridge. That's pretty incredible. Another funny one I saw was, um, well, there were two. There was one about abolishing the monarchy. Um, yeah, that owns. Uh, which I think is... <laughs> like, can you imagine the one... I'm p- just picturing the one guy that ranked that as his absolute top <laughs> choice. <laughs> that he's so fucking mad about prince philip <laughs> he's like oh man we just oh we got it it's get like no he saw he saw jug meat sing uh tweeting condolences for his royal <laughs> highness the duke of edinburgh and he got just so mad yeah he was he was the same guy the same because the rate of people that voted for a leadership uh contest was 12 percent, which is up from nine percent at last year's convention yeah but <laughs> just picturing the like one guy that got so mad about yeah Jugmeat tweeting out like oh man it sucks that Prince Philip died be like oh we need a new leader you can't bow down to the monarchy <laughs> it's just the funniest like the type of Canadian and I, I, I realize who I am as I'm saying this but the type of Canadian that gets like really pressed about like making Canada a republic is like my favorite type of person oh yeah Cause like who? It's like who really cares? that's that's your hill to die on. Yeah, like why is that your hill? 
Um, I also saw another one that gained a little bit of traction in, like, right-wing media about, um, a proposal to abolish the, uh, Royal Canadian Armed Forces. Just, like... That is so cool. Get rid of the military. And yet, it was not on the top 20, so it was, like, an incredibly unpopular, um, resolution. But it doesn't matter. It was the same guy. The guy guy who put abolishing the monarchy at number one put abolishing the military at number two because he doesn't like that royal is in all the titles. Yeah, so so then he had a the defund le, the resolution to defund with the goal of abolishing the RCMP as number three. Yeah, purely not not from any sort of like theoretical like police abolition is a good thing. Just oh, I hate that they're the fucking Royal Canadian Mounted Police. <laughs> I saw something really funny. Yeah, change it back to the Northwest. I saw something really funny that was like um I'm just gonna find it again. It was like a one of those Instagram slide accounts. Or, or posts, yeah. Except, it was the New York Times, um, and yeah, the New York Times. And so it's yes, we literally mean abolish the police. Oh yeah, written for that's, the New York Times opinion. I love like that's the thing is at some point you can't let people be like, oh well, defund the police is just a slogan. We really just want no. We're going to defund it, and the end goal is abolishing it. No, 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 but here's the thing. So we read through. Uh, Argument one, we cannot reform the police. Argument two, a safe world is not one in which the police keep black and other marginalized people in check through threats of arrest, incarceration, violence, and then death. Number three, the philosophy undergirding police reforms is that more rules mean less violence, but police officers break rules all the time. Now two weeks of nationwide protests have led some to call for defunding the police, while others argue that doing so would make us less safe. Policing, as we know, it must be abolished before it can be transformed. We are not abandoning our communities to violence. We don't want to close police departments. We want to make them obsolete. As a society, we've been so indoctrinated with the idea that we solve problems by policing and caging people that many cannot imagine anything other than prisons and the police as solutions to violence and harm. Do you notice anything there? It The wording was very odd. She did not I... once talk about... She talked about why maybe arguing for defunding the police wasn't the best thing. She never once said we should abolish the police and uh, propose a new system. She literally just argued for defunding the police, but called it abolishment or abolition. That's so cool. Never let the New York Times near near your social movement. But I, I, another one that's as much as I hate this term, it's very much telling on themselves is the establishment of a workers caucus um, internal party affairs and constitutional amendments resolution was fairly mean? low. Like, I, if I had to guess, right, it's someone who correctly identifies the Communist Party of Canada as being a joke. Right. And so they're like, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring back working class politics, baby. You know how we're going to do that? Through a bourgeoisie work workers caucus wait, wait, wait. in the federal NDP. Let's fucking go. Do you mean the uh, the Communist Party of Canada or the Communist Party of Canada, Marxist Leninists, or the Socialist Party of Canada or the Socialist Workers Party of Canada? Which one are you talking about? I'm the one that is usually on the ballot. <laughs> I think it's the Communist Party of Canada. Just mm. straight up Communist Party of Canada. Might I'm be. just picturing, yeah, just a guy who really really wants to work with an like a guy who takes the the democratic 
like he's a democratic socialist and he takes the democracy before the socialism no. and so he's like oh we we really we really have to vote in working class power my favorite type of guy is like the democratic socialist but without the democratic part like nicholas yeah. maduro yeah where he's like oh you know what fuck you yeah <laughs> like a democratic socialist who isn't you know cucked enough to let the country roll over when they when the u.s calls them illegitimate mm-hmm. someone who's willing like here's my hot take okay this is gonna get me canceled at some point in the oh, future boy. venezuela my, is not my... a democracy venezuela is no. a dictatorship but i don't care Good. i don't care Good. <laughs> i just don't in indonesia's guided democracy did incredible things for the country read the jakarta method yeah until you know yeah and that's why i don't mind that uh venezuela is not a democracy but did you know that vuvuzela iphone did you ever consider that no way really yeah that's crazy i know but yeah i mean the it's just very cool that the the hands-off venezuela resolution was actually fairly low in terms of priority, like it still got a, a, a fair amount of the vote. Like it was on the list, but it was still fairly low. And it's like, oh, so that's where the priorities are. Yeah. Right. Like it's we're gonna we're gonna make posting illegal. We're gonna quibble about the definition of anti-Semitism. Right. By the way, we're I don't like the other definition of anti-Semitism because we're it going to basically like focus on human trafficking. We're going to well, ban fine. the use. Well, banning the use, yeah, banning the use of chemical weapons by law enforcement was actually also fairly low on the list. Mm-hmm. So all the things that, well, not you know, it wouldn't make people's life like it would make people's lives better. It would mean that the state can use less violence against people. Yeah, yeah. And you know, none of that is popular. I mean, the workers' caucus thing being unpopular is just kind of funny because it's just fairly loosely defined. But like, it just shows you, like, yeah, we're gonna quibble about the def the real definition of anti-semitism mm. because it got some of our mps canceled yeah and by the way well it got jeremy corbyn canceled by the way so what um what the specific parts of the um the definition are that the left doesn't really like um let's see accusing jewish citizens of being more loyal to israel or the alleged priorities of jews worldwide than to the interests of their own nations Denying the Jewish people the right to self-determination. Example, by claiming the existence of a state of Israel as a racist endeavor. That's the big one. Um, Applying double standards by requiring of Israel a behavior not expected or demanded of any other democratic nation. Holding Jews collectively responsible for the actions. Oh no, actually, that's actually anti-Semitic, never mind. But drawing comparisons of contemporary Israeli policy to that of the Nazis. Sort of like that... uh, that's why that, that's why there's there's what's referred to like you know there's the South African variant of COVID there's a South African loophole where if you just compare it to apartheid as opposed to the Nazis it's it's the loophole. That's what I do. Look, it's, it's there are no Arabs in it's, camps. It's more it's more comparable to apartheid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but or yeah, the recognize the state of Palestine also um, fairly unpopular. I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny that like this. But you know, you know what was more um, more popular than the hands off Venezuela re- uh, resolution? What recognizing uh, the the, we- the Uyghurs are going through a genocide in China? I mean, that's probably true, though. So yeah, but it's, I I still nice think that gr- Parliament already did that. 
Yeah. But we are still a leading member of the Lemur group, so I don't know why it's important that the NDP as an entity recognizes the Uyghur genocide or, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be if you're a leftist who really likes China and wants to get pissed about that. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, if you want me to use a different word, mauled. Um, <laughs> but we still actively pursue regime change in Venezuela after... Was it three coup attempts? There were like the two Guado coups and then the uh, the burger guy, the white boy summer coup. Yeah, no, that rocks. I love that guy. Yeah. What was his name? He, he no, he, he was he was he was Canadian. Canadian. He was French Canadian. Fucking Silvercore. Silvercore was the name of the company. Yeah. But yeah, probably that, something like that Goutreau is... or Brazo or something like that. I don't know. It's one of those types of names. Trudeau. Let me see. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think you're right, like... Jonathan, or Jordan Goudreau. Goudreau, yeah. I got it right. Why did I say I think you're right when I was the one saying it? Anyways, no, I, I, I think it's ridiculous. Like, the NDP... This is still, like, what we saw at that convention is a direct result of Jack Layton. I mean, yeah. Um, which is trying to make the NDP acceptable to the liberals by replacing union leadership with the leadership of people like you and I. Mm-hmm. You know? actually like yeah like middle class uh fake intellectuals um typically what the ndp was was um middle class fake intellectuals leading the party and then all the party's power structures being made up of like union guys uh and then occasionally a union guy would like rise to the top once or twice um and then Jack Layton came and along. That's when they that's when they'd stumble their way into winning an election or two. Well, I mean look, the most successful pre Layton, the most successful leaders were Broadbent and Douglas, who were both middle class pseudo intellectuals, so I don't know about that. Um but no, I, I I think you're right. I well I also think it's funny that the most successful the NDP ever were was when um Tom Mulcair, which was the furthest right. I look I think it's a wonderful thing that Jugmeat won after Mulcair, just because Mulcair sucked so much shit, and he was like the Keir Starmer of the NDP, and I'm just worried about mm. what could have happened if like he had either stayed on or just like kept pushing the party to just be shittier liberals. I would say that Tom Mulcair was better than Sir Keir Starmer, because at least Tom Mulcair never called himself a socialist. Fair enough. Um, yeah. I mean, Keir Starmer, it's just hilarious because they're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do, like, military spending and shit. Sir Keir Starmer like, calls himself Red Green. I'm not even joking. They're not They're not even trying. He calls himself Red Green. Like, they're. he's not even trying. He's just saying, yes, I'm a socialist, and we also have to spend a fuck ton of money on aircraft carriers and Navy lasers. Well, I mean, look. If I were Prime Minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland? Yeah. Well, yeah, but then it would be based. Yeah, but then it would be fine, because they would actually be cool. But there would right. be more spending. The ships on... are not cool. Sorry? You... Sir Keir Starmer has no intention of, of invading the Falkland Islands. Right. And I think that's where you and him... Yeah, see, like, policy. if I were Prime Minister of, of, of the UK, like, we... We, I mean the UK, would end up not invading the Falkland Islands, obviously, because we wouldn't need to, but, like... First of all, taking over the last place on Earth ready to take over, which is Antarctica. And second of all, taking revenge in Argentina and occupying somewhere in the far south. Right, doing imperialism, but it's cool. Yeah, like doing uh, Eastern we'll Europe 1946 type of stuff. 
we'll call it like yeah imperialism with um with juno characteristics yeah or no i don't know we'll just call it common form we'll call it the warsaw pact (laughs) hell yeah we'll call it one belt one road um but yeah so that's that's the ndp a nice it's a nice segue actually into uh our next little thing here yeah the ndp leadership convention is or not leadership but the ndp convention has wrapped um and now we can get into some geopolitics so which is our favorite thing on this podcast we will recap the story so far last time on dragon ball z um of this weird i guess border crisis between russia and ukraine and the u.s is obviously involved because when are they not i mean this is the thing is a bit um, more than a border crisis but yeah yeah so in you know to the story so far um biden calls putin a killer putin wishes biden good health um which fucking rocks that <laughs> and the, my favorite thing about him wishing him good health was like he said it and then he immediately realized, wait, this could be taken as a snide comment, and it was, but I want to make sure that I don't mean it that way. Uh, and so he was like, and I mean that without a hint of irony. I wish him good health. Yeah, and then Biden <laughs> spins a rhetoric of like this, oh, Russia's being so aggressive by moving their troops around in their own country. <laughs> in response to Ukraine moving their troops around in their own country far-right militias oh yeah while also funding nazis and also passing a bill in parliament that all but declared war in russia yeah and threatens to deploy biden threatens to deploy u.s warships to the black sea in order to send a message to putin that we are watching which owns i mean that's just the u.s praying for another gulf of tonkin yeah well no because the last time the u.s did this and there's actually a video of it happening was in 1985, it was the Soviet Union, they sent some warships into the Black Sea, which, by the way, is on the coastline of Russia and, um, and, and Ukraine, which is why Russia was so interested in taking back Crimea, um, because it gives them a big Black Sea port, a deep water port. Um, so they did in 1985, and the Soviet ships just came up and, like, rammed them, and then they left. This time, they didn't even get brave enough to go into the Black Sea. So there was a bit of aggressive um, rhetoric coming out of Russia. Uh, for the first time ever, Russia called the United States their enemy. Um, or an, an adversary, specifically. Um, and they said that the U.S. was getting on their nerves. Um, they say, basically, for your own good, there might be an incident if you do keep your warships out of the Black Sea. Putin and Biden have a call. Biden's like, hey, we should have a meeting in a third country, and I immediately just, look, turns around I, and worships. I really think, like, I, I, I did something bad over the weekend. Uh oh. I decided to go and watch a couple episodes of The West Wing. Oh yeah. And um, just because you know I was incredibly bored and I had nothing else, I just wanted to you know get a peek into the minds of the people who actually like the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was this conversation that I remember between like the it was about some crashed spy plane and how there's like a line about how like, oh, like the fucking president goes like, oh, he's like on the phone with the Russian prime minister, president, whatever. And he's like, look, it was a spy plane, but we've stopped the world from blowing itself up because of conversations like these. And I'm just picturing Joe Biden He's sitting there. He's got his, his like pajamas on, 
there's like an assistant holding like an iPhone, like you know, like this on speakerphone. Um, and a translator. And yeah, and then there's like he's sitting in the Oval Office, and then like the 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 person sitting there holding the phone, they've got Nick Mullen in there doing his Joe Biden impression, mm. um, to act as the sort of interpreter from you know there's the interpreter that's then feeding the lines to Nick, and then there's the episode of The West Wing just like up there in the Oval Office on some TV that they rolled in, and so Joe is just trying his best to riff like President Bartlett, mm. and you know. Putin's just sitting there with his like smirk on his face as the yeah the warships are given the orders to turn around and just leave. And then Biden proposes a summit. And then, yeah, and then, and then Biden he's like, oh, you know what, man, we should we go down to uh, Prague. You know the the uh, Czechoslovakia. There. Do you think oh, Biden knows that like Czechia and Slovakia are two different countries? I would be. I I think. Um, I would love to hear Biden's take on Cyprus specifically. Mm. I really want to know what he thinks about like who owns Cyprus. Britain. <laughs> like everyone forgets that there are three countries on Cyprus. There are the Greek Cyprus, there's the Turkish Cyprus, and then there's Britain. So look, the only two but, who haven't, the only one who hasn't done war crimes in the last twenty years on that island. Anyways, um, that's a joke. But yeah, I mean, the story so far is that. Russia and Ukraine are gearing up for some sort of odd, you know, modern proxy war that they'll just make a game out of in 20 years. Not even. Where you're, you're fighting as some underground unit. Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be nice to have a change of scenery in all of the uh, the propaganda. Yeah, and do Eastern Europe. You know, I'm, getting, I'm getting really sick of deserts and propaganda. Yeah, I was reading about, actually... Um... In the Global Mail this morning, I was reading... They actually sent some reporters to the front lines in Ukraine. Well, not in Ukraine. In, you know, Nova Russia. Ukrainian-occupied Nova Russia. Putting myself out there. Um, And they were talking to some of the Ukrainian soldiers. And um, some of the officers were uh, very unconvinced that they would be able to hold the Russians off if they actually tried to invade. And then they went to talk to some, uh, like, actual, like, soldier, not one of the officers, and they asked him, like, what do you think about this whole situation? And the soldier was like, I think... And then he paused for, like, 20 seconds. And then one of the officers beside him cuts in, and he's like, starts with this, like, patriotic claptrap. Yeah. Which is the funniest thing. Um, see, I mean, I, like... you should read you should read Western articles sometimes, because even if they're, like, blatantly biased, uh, it's funny, it's funny to, uh, to read them. I think the, uh, the, like, we rarely get to see, like, a sort of all-out, mil- like, a sort of all-out war anymore. Like, the, you know, it, it's, it'll, it's like, you know, it's edging, and then you get three days of it, and then it's all over. Mm-hmm. And then you get to fight, and then you get to fight a 20-year forever war. I think, yeah, and it's, it actually reminds me, I remember reading about how during the Falklands War, um... Thatcher and her cabinet were really surprised at how the newspapers were treating the war because they expected them to act like they did during World War II. You know, talking about our boys referred to the Argentinians as the mm-hmm. RGs. And so they were so surprised when the newspapers started talking about, like, British troops, Argentinian troops, um, yeah. and stuff like that. Having it be modernized, right? Having some sort of objective, like, report. Now it's going back. Let's, it's going back, let's... baby. That's proof that Joe Biden is is restoring the soul of the nation. If, if we can get back to just 
like the the press being in the pocket of the Department of Defense isn't a story anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, here's an op-ed from a guy who worked 20 years in, you know, army intelligence and now consults for a private military contractor here to tell you why leaving Afghanistan is actually bad for women's rights. <laughs> that, that was a pretty funny take. No, I, I do, I, I really like the, um, I mean, it all went down the toilet in the lead up to Iraq when that journalist wrote an op-ed saying they shouldn't do it. And then some politician was like, yeah, but your wife's a secret CIA agent. And just like blew her cover. That was so funny. Um, I also, I I really liked, um, because to get to the Black Sea, right, you have to go through Turkish territory beside uh, Istanbul, right, through that that strait. Um, And so, through the Dardanelles. And so the U.S. had to let Turkey know first, right? Like, hey, we're coming through. It's part of the agreement. Um, that, you know, Russia gets access to it, America gets access to it, but they have to let Turkey know beforehand. And so America, obviously, this is why everybody knew that America was sending warships to the Black Sea. They were like, hey, we're going to send some ships through into the Black Sea, two warships. And Turkey was like, okay, you know, NATO allies will let you do that. And now that uh, America's canceling, Turkey's like, dude, what the hell? You told us you were going to come through, and now you're not coming through. And America's excuse is like, yeah, but just because we said that we were coming through doesn't mean we actually meant it. That's so cool that America doesn't even it doesn't even gaslight its own citizens anymore. It's doing deme- it's doing foreign gaslighting which owns so much. And also if you're going to gaslight any government, soon every single country will be able to have a 10 tweet thread about how shitty their ex-boyfriend was. Oh my god. They'll be able to promote those vibrators underneath the tweet when it goes viral, except it's countries, not mentally ill women on Twitter with 10,000 followers. Ladies, get your yeah. 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 Um, we don't need to continue that bit. No, and we're not. Maybe one day. Um. Yeah. No, I think that America, as it gets its first woman vice president, its first woman in the White House, uh, it's really just starting to embody, you know, gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. Oh yeah. I mean that that, I think that saying will become like, American Juche. I think as as we slide more into yeah just like a a sort of hyper capitalist hellhole where the only you know you just get slogans and you just buy things and not you know there's nothing grounded in material reality anymore um did you see what was it mansplain I was just trying to think about what it was mansplain manspread it, no it wasn't double man but it was male wife M- yeah mansplain male wife and then it was double male I think mansplain manipulate male wife that's it yeah. So I think that, that's that's, that's the, the marriage of, of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, there's a it's it's uh, I think it's dialectics actually, I, and I think I'm just now cashing my. Uh, I really my, miss my, my, my I'm ca- I'm cashing my academia check by mentioning the word dialectic, and it also means that I am now a real Marxist, and that means that you can't disagree with me on anything ever. Okay, I really if miss. I ju- if I just say that you're a bad dialectician, how do you respond to that? Uh, well, what was it that the socialist socialism done left? guy said on stream why don't you dialect some material into some women or something like no because i think that would if he said why don't you direct some material into some bitches that would have been funny yeah but he didn't but he just went dialect and then it's like yeah i don't follow bread tube i the i only watch hassan for his gta rp mm. 
Yeah, still waiting for the Hassan Pokemon cover. You know, he's he he always calls her Iman. He just like calls her by her first name, which is just really funny. I think there were a bunch of theories from like two years ago that they were dating, and so there was just like constantly yeah, I, a meme whenever like the, the that. like that that fucking drama started with Fedmeister or whatever that um like all these like guys that he was like gaslighting her away from and gaslighting away from her were were, were Hassan. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but, um, in, in terms of other um, fun geopolitical things to think about, you know, we've got maybe Russia getting the chance to stretch its legs on its fifth generation fighters. Um, get the, the devs of DCS World uh, a couple after action reports and let them properly model the felon. That but would be exciting. That would be actually... I think, look, I think we, I'm going to become, like, one of those guys that's really into, like, Freedom of Information Act, but it's just going to be, like, sending, yeah, like, military records and stuff to, like, the people who make, like, ARMA or DCS. Right. Like, to those devs. So I'll be, like, I'll be, you, I'll hire, like, the most expensive FOIA lawyer, like, of all time, and I'll just use it to be, like, yeah, what's the, like, exact wingspan of the F-22? <laughs> That would be the funniest like, freedom. I, I, I will be I will be I will be the Ken Klippenstein of figuring out like exactly how many pounds of thrust the F twenty two's engine generates. You might get paid top dollar for that. Look, I if DCS would have me as a as a legal consultant, I would I would do it. Yeah. Mostly because I, I would be able to buy a really cool flight sim setup, which is something I want to get into, but I can't really justify it. Well, if what is escalating actually properly kicks off, um some Russian fighter jets might get a lot of action, but not necessarily over Ukraine yeah. and Ukrainian-occupied Nova Russia, but over the sandy dunes of Iraq. I mean, that's that's so cool. <laughs> yep. So, I, and I, I, you know, if World War Three does happen, I'm way too tall to be a fighter pilot. So I, I have twenty twenty vision, but I, I do not. You gotta be short to do that. Which is why they cast Tom Cruise in Top Gun. It was meant to be realistic. How tall is Tom Cruise? He's like 5'4". Really? That guy's only yeah. 3 inches taller than Jenna Coleman? Hold on, hold on. 1.7 meters. That's short. He's 5'6". Okay. That's kind of funny, That's incredible. though. incredible. That's so funny. That rocks. Um, that's kind of funny. Yeah. But anyway, we're gonna we're gonna talk about Israel and Iran because Malcolm, when you told me about all this stuff, I was I was fucking blown away. Yeah. I mean, this is this is insane. It's it's bad. So, um, backstory: Israel has nuclear weapons. They pretend they don't, but everyone knows that they do. Right? It's like a deliberately terribly kept secret. I think at one point on the podcast we talked about a Israeli covert operation in uh, the 70s or the 80s to which stole uh, a bunch of weapons-grade enriched uranium from an I mean, American yeah, company. The, uh, the official line is, oh, this guy from this guy who works in Israeli intelligence visited this specific nuclear plant in Michigan, and then two weeks later we found a bunch of our enriched uranium was missing. <laughs> So yeah, um, Israel or the Mossad operated uh, a bunch of 
shell or a shell company in the United States to steal weapons grade enriched uranium from them to build nuclear weapons, gave that information, that nuclear weapon information, to apartheid South Africa, um, who developed their own nuclear weapons before giving them up later, uh, and now just has them. And their big thing is called the Samson option, because Israel has no ICBMs, they have no capability to actually wage like a global strategic nuclear war. And so their nuclear strategy is not, you know, we have this as a deterrent for any country which wants to uh, attack us. It's, if we are about to lose a war, we will nuke ourselves, and we will nuke the entire Middle East, and if Europe and so gets unlucky, no one... we'll nuke part of Europe too. Yeah. We will, it is like the ultimate fuck around and find out of nuclear doctrine. It's horrifying. Because, okay, so like, biblical time, uh, Samson was a, I don't know if he was a prophet, I think he was, um, and uh, he was gifted certain powers by God um, to fight the Philistines. Um, he once killed 12 men with the jawbone of a yak. Uh, the whole thing was that he couldn't drink wine, he couldn't cut his hair. And then he, the Philistines, sent a woman named Delilah to sort of seduce him, and she cut his hair um, when he was asleep. And um, then they sort of bound him and brought him into a temple uh, to make fun of him. And then he prayed so hard that God gave his powers back, and he pushed down the pillars of the temple, uh, crushing himself and all the Philistines. So he was kind of like a martyr. So the idea is that they will bring down the roof of the Middle East on themselves and everyone else, which is horrifying. Um, just absolutely depraved doctrine. Um, but Israel's number one enemy, Iran, is also developing nuclear capabilities. So they were developing them for a while. Um, and, you know... Until at least 2003, it was confirmed that they were working towards nuclear weapons. Um, but at this point, it's really not. It actually looks more that they're working towards civilian capabilities like nuclear reactors and things like that. Medical technology. Um, because they've changed some of the nuclear plants. But the fact is that they're enriching uranium to the point where they could build a nuclear weapon. And honestly, they probably should because Israel has them, so they should probably have them too. Um... So, a few days ago, in probably the first confirmed act of nuclear terrorism, Israel sabotaged Iran's Natanz nuclear facility. Wow, that is a sad cat. Um, so, Israel, by the way, just openly admits to this. Um. And, look, it... So, yeah, the... There's a Dr. Michael Stevens, who's an analyst with the London think tank of the, the Royal United Services Institute, says that recent Israeli actions are a deliberate attempt to sort of, yes, yeah, sabotage the nuclear negotiations because Iran has, they're sort of pitching their way back into the nuclear deal in a manner that I don't think anyone really expects. Like the, they said that they were opening to re-enter it, and the U.S. has said that they're willing to drop the the sanctions that they impose. Yeah, So, but both of them have said, like, hey, you have to blink first. Because um, Biden is an imperialist, 
and Iran got screwed over by Trump. So, because basically the deal was, we will lift sanctions and you will not develop your nuclear technology to a certain point. And so it was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and then in 2018, the U.S. withdrew from the deal, reimposed a bunch of like draconian sanctions on Israel, on, on Iran, I'm sorry. I wish there were draconian sanctions on Israel. Uh, and so Iran was like, okay, we don't have to abide by this and started enriching uranium uh, to dangerous points again. Um, and so now Biden is in, and he's like, we want to get back to this because it was the only really good thing that came out of the Obama presidency. Um, and uh, Iran's like, no, you screwed oh, us around the first time. You dropped the sanctions, and then we will uh, stop enrichment. Uh, whereas the U.S., because they're, like, losers, are like, no, 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 no. You stop the enrichment, and then we'll drop the sanctions. Iran is in the right, obviously. Um, and so Israel does not want the nuclear deal to come back in place. Uh, or at least they don't want it in its current form. Um, so they, uh, you know, they're trying to sabotage it by essentially provoking Iran into saying, okay, we need nuclear weapons. It's a really, it's a really knife's edge, edge strategy. It seems to me that they're provoking Iran into walking out so that they can develop their own nuclear weapons and so that they can attack Iran just before they develop them. Um, and, like, continue to sabotage their nuclear facilities and stuff like this. Which is, like, a, a really risky strategy because if Iran gets nuclear weapons, then Israel's just screwed itself over because then they can't, you know, act against Iran anymore. Um, so, uh, this proxy conflict is sort of, there's a huge proxy conflict between mostly Israel, sorry, Iran and Saudi Arabia, but Israel's part of it too. Um, and it's been extending to the sea where they're like constantly sinking each other's ships. So, um, earlier this year, an Israeli owned cargo ship called the MV Helios was badly damaged while transiting the Gulf of Oman which uh, Iran has a very long coastline in. Uh, two large holes were ripped in its hull while Israel swiftly blamed Iran's uh, Revolutionary Guard. Uh, Iran denied any involvement, but yes, it does look like limpet mines, which Iran might do. Also, Israel might do that to blame Iran. That happens. Look at things like, um, oh, what was it, where they got a bunch of Arab Jews to blow up stuff in, in Egypt to try and start a war. Um... Oh man, that's that's the go-to. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Levant affair. Yeah. Yeah, the Levant affair, very, right? Like they love their false flag. Israel loves false flag attacks. Um, so I would not be like I would not be surprised if Israel did that. But also, it's completely possible that Iran did. Um, so in April, the Seviz, uh, an Iranian vessel anchored in the southern Red Sea, suffered damage to its hull, which was believed to be caused by uh, limpet mines. Um, Israel and the Saudi-led coalition in Yemen. Uh, says that the Seviz was serving as a logistics mothership for Iran's Houthi allies, uh, and so it was like a legitimate act of war. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they say that, oh, we've seen speedboats and we've seen machine guns and sophisticated communication stuff, um, but Iran says it's there for peaceful, legitimate purposes, like humanitarian purposes, and blames Israel for the attack. Um, U.S. media reports say that in the past 18 months, Israeli forces have targeted at least 12 ships bound for Syria, carrying things like Iranian oil uh, and supplies, military supplies. Um, so that's wild. 
Uh, and so recently, Iranian-backed militias have claimed, this is in the last few days, have claimed that uh, they raided a Mossad facility in Iraqi Kurdistan and killed several Mossad agents. Uh, they claim there's a video, which they said they would release today, but I haven't seen it. Um, but there's actually, it's actually quite possible that the raid didn't even happen. Uh, Iraqi Kurdish official, Iraqi Kurdish officials claim the base doesn't exist, because of course they would. Um, so we can't really know until this purported video is released whether or not it actually happened, because it's basically just a, hey, we destroyed your base, no, it never existed, um, type of thing. So. Uh yeah, so we won't know until the like we won't know until the video of the raid is out. Mm -hmm. So we have we have no idea whether or not the claims that the Iranian militias are making are true. Iranian backed militias, I might yeah, yeah. clarify. Um, so oh, who fucking knows? Yeah, like with a, with a lot of this stuff, you can get a general sense of what might be happening but you will never know the full truth mm -hmm. it's true okay so that's geopolitics i think i would just want to finish off with some two funny interesting joe biden democratic party moments here yeah so first of all we've got probably um i guess completing the art the story arc of the bushes um by committing to having u.s troops out of afghanistan by 9-11 of this year so you know this it will be you know 20 years since uh well since there's this kind of like a demolition event that's kind of since, like a bunch of people since, planted some explosives since the u.s handed a loaded gun to a toddler yeah and then went and shot the toddler for the next 20 years yeah for having that load for for holding that loaded gun and accidentally firing well not accident firing at once yeah um and so you know the 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 bush family arc comes to a close um well maybe not because i've heard rumors of george bush the third running in uh 2024 that would be so we need a third one mm -hmm. like you know jeb was a tragedy jeb was oh my so if was, it's first time as tragedy so second time as farce what are the third and fourth times uh, cool guys who hang out. Mm. So, case in point, uh, Joe Kennedy. Jesus. He, cool guy who hangs out. He is indeed the third Kennedy. He also <laughs> ate shit. God, that will never not be funny to me. <laughs> How badly he, he got to bro When he tried to Bernie bro, like, one of the most respected Democratic senators. <laughs> and, like, oh yeah, oh, they're harassing me, putting out screenshots of, like, accounts yeah. with, like, two followers being, like, Joe Kennedy is You're ugly. <laughs> Joe Kennedy is gay. <laughs> um, also, I will say that withdrawing American combat forces or whatever means nothing about uh, military, like private contractors, and it means right. nothing well, about people there to like, train and advise. I saw one of the most blackpilling things I think I've ever seen the other day. I was scrolling through TikTok, you know, like you do if you're a brainless Gen Z. Um... And I came across, I shit you not, the account of a private military contractor. He has a book coming out where he writes about his experience contracting for Blackwater. But one of this guy's videos, keep in mind, 
Warhawk definitely believes that he's doing the right thing. Like, it's not like left flank vets where they know what they did is horrible, right? He's unrepentant. Literally was defending that fucking massacre of civilians in Iraq. What? That, remember, this is the shit that they... <laughs> they wait, wait, wait. I don't... I, like, if you are an unrepented, like, veteran of the U.S. military... Like, not even. I get it. PMC. I know, I know. That's the thing. Like, I, I think that it's wrong, but I get it. Like, you're a patriot or whatever, but you're a private military contractor. The only reason you're there, you're not fighting for America. You're fighting because the money's better. Yeah. But anyway, he had a video that was like, yeah, this is really reliable industry. You know, there's always going to be work. And, you know, it's one thing to hear, like, Yes, a socialist commentator talk about forever wars, but it's another thing to hear someone who works in that field, has worked in that field, has seen the human toll, and is still cheerfully like, oh yeah, well there's always work in private military contracting. Literally had one of those videos set to like a popular audio of him like pointing to the names of, and like dancing, pointing to the names of different fucking PMCs that were hiring and that, you know, had good acceptance rates. It was probably the most demon i think he should be in prison mm -hmm. i think i i don't know i have no records of what this guy has done wherever he may have worked i'm and i'm not fucking buying his book to find out but i'm i can confidently say he should be in, prison. in a fair society he should be in prison it's like it's like that um as i've been monitoring the ukraine russia situation like I've been watching a lot of social media posts from, like, random Ukrainians posting about, like, military buildup and, like, watching, like, yeah. trains of a bunch of, like, tanks going by. And every single one has that same TikTok song, like, the What You Know About Rolling Down in the Deep one. And I'm just so sick of that song. It's not even that good. Um, okay, so there's that. And then astronaut also... Astronaut in the Ocean. The song yeah, Astronaut in the Ocean. It. It's bad. Don't listen to it. Um, here's some other news. This is breaking. According to The Intercept, the Democrats want to add four seats to the Supreme Court, and they're going to be introducing a bill to do so very soon. I mean, the thing with... The thing with these, like, kinds of sort of legislative or, like, moves is that it is simultaneously depressing that this is what they're shooting the moon for, and also amazing to watch the Republicans lose their mind. Like, fuck partisan politics in America... Except for when it's, we get to see Republicans getting mad. Yeah, I do think, I'm going to be, in all fairness, I do think that, you know, like, people criticize Trump for replacing people when they died or retired or whatever. And you're like, oh, he's packing the court. And that was three people. Uh, and so I don't think um, they can, like, I, I, I don't think those same people can pretend that this isn't packing the court. Now, if it's packing the court and you're doing it for partisan purposes, that's fine. Just say so. I think what's going to happen is they're going to put two Democrats and two Republicans on it. That would be so fucked. That is such like a monkey's paw thing. Like, oh, if we, guys, if we could tilt the balance of the Supreme Court, we just really get them to pack the court. And yeah, they just go full bipartisan. Do you think he's going to nominate Merrick Garland? That would, didn't he just get attorney general? Yeah, but it's gonna be that it's gonna like be a little thing. bit, right? Like he's got to go through the nomination process. Like Merrick Garland will be the fourth. It'll be like it'll close it off. It'll be symbolic. That would own. That'd be kind of funny. 
I mean, I just, yeah, that's such a monkey's paw. Like, oh yeah, we're gonna do bipartisanship on the things that you were yelling, that you were like screaming at us to do. Yeah. Meanwhile, we will greenlight $734 trillion for the Department of Defense. No. $734 billion. Oh, billion. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, it's so much better. Yeah, that's definitely better. Um, just there's mo- there's hey there's always money in contract well it's like when we were talking about uh we're talking to lauren ashcraft and she's like the congress can literally just draft money just make money like they li- it's literally haha money printer go burmy it is like that is the thing it's like a, a sort of I, I feel very off using this as a point of comparison but it's like a bell curve of like no or like yes just print more money that will solve everything and most people believe that you can't print more money because then inflation and then the incredibly high iq is you actually can print more money because the u.s is a globally hegemonic power that can just say you're going to take my u.s dollars and you're gonna fucking like them i just think it's really funny that the entire like global economy is in relation to the u.s dollar when uh the british pound is worth more well no that's i mean that's fine that's actually not like it doesn't necessarily have to be worth more british pound is more stable that's for certain but um when they will literally just print more of it like congress will or the fed will they'll just make more and i just think that's really right because i thought it was just that the federal reserve they can be advised to do it but it's not like you can i don't think congress necessarily passes legislature that can say do this much money printing i just remember seeing an interview with the leader of the fed a while ago and he's like yeah sometimes we just go into the computer and we just add more (laughs) we do a little trolling (laughs) we do a little trolling it's called we do a little trolling that is the funniest that is the best trump clip i'm convinced second best best okay then the best is kiss all the guys yeah I where does um y- you can't do it it's disgusting. He took the gum out of his mouth and put it back in. You can't do it. That's disgusting. That was pretty good. I also like um the 2015 Fox debate where some commentators like Mr. Trump, you have called women you don't like disgusting and fat pigs. What do you say to that? Only Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They need to give him, like, give him TikTok. I would love to see I would, Trump oh my god, can TikTok. you imagine Trump doing, like, t- fucking TikTok dances? And then, like, everyone's gonna be, like, stitching and, like, duetting Donald Trump and being like, Sir, you can't say that. <laughs> Just picturing him, like, doing the renegade. And then some, like, some, like, TikTok radlib will, like, stitch it with, like... With dyed hair. Yeah, like, dyed hair. Nose ring. Um, I'm trying to picture, like, the kind of person... Like, I think they would be the kind of person to post a lot on, like, the politics subreddit. And, like, the... Maybe not, like, the neoliberal subreddit. But, like, definitely would use their, like, Reddit avatar as their TikTok mm-hmm. profile picture. Yeah. And they would just be, like... Uh, friendly reminder for all my Trump supporters out there. Um, did you know that he literally... Um, did an insurrection and also has had multiple wives fucking owned and that would that would and they would of course they'd get a fucking book deal and 30 million followers. yeah oh my god it would be like hundreds of thousands of likes 
Yeah. Yeah. It would be really quite. It would be quite you know a phenomenon. It's like it's like the Nigel Farage uh, cameos. Like boomers on like internet things, like being forced to, to interact with young people. Like so watching fun. Nigel Farage say like big chungus or like a tip for vouch. Stay out of teenagers' DMs. Okay, no okay, good okay, can come of it. We don't. If we want, if we're gonna blow up, we don't want to be slandering other people with massive following. Look, no comment on Vouch's opinion. Vouch is allegedly creep, a creep. Yeah, no comments on the. Well, actually, no. He's admitted to it. He has some very interesting takes on the age of consent. We'll put it that. Yeah, way. no, no comment on Vouch's opinions on age of consent laws and you know whatever. I just think it's a funny video. That's the only AOC he cares about. Let's go. Oh. Well, actually, no. He does care a lot about the other one. Anyways, that's just about it for us, I think. Yeah, I mean... I got stuff to as do. As always... As, yeah, as always, um, it's been... Awful. A busy week. Yeah. We got, we got through it. Um, and, you know, to quote uh, someone doing a Joe Biden impression that I heard... You don't get better. You just wait for the world to get worse. Very true. And I think on that note, I've been Duck. I've been Malcolm. Talk to you guys next week. Yep.